I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm not pretty, I'm good looking. (laughs) And my name is Colin Drucker, and it's not called a penis, it's called a ding dong. (laughs) Yeah. Two excellent uh, quotes. Yes. I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking like, oh, you know, what? what's going to be my intro this week? And for some yeah. reason, I thought, I think Nick may pick that. The one you picked was the one I thought you were going to pick. So oh, good, I, good, I good. felt safe picking the penis one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, all of that to say that we are here today to talk about Minari and to talk about Yoo Jung Yoon. Uh, in uh, a fabulous Best Supporting Actress nominated performance. Yes. Um, I uh yeah I'm I'm excited to talk about this as per usual this is one of those things that we have each watched separately have not talked about at all so you are getting mm-hmm. a very fresh conversation uh on Minari today Yeah I'm excited to talk about it I watched it on Sunday I can't really remember but it was just like uh cuz you have to rent it on Apple TV unfortunately but it was like I feel like it was 20 bucks and yeah. Keon and I were like well if we were going to the movies to watch it it would probably be more than this so we justified it and went for it Yeah um, right it's like and it would be like if you went to the movies it'd be like 15 bucks each and then popcorn and you know you know pretzel bites you know it's it there's another (laughs) there's another mortgage payment so really it's a deal that's right it's a steal um i would i want to turn it over to you colin what what are your hot takes initial thoughts of minari you know i uh my my initial take on this is that it is there's like there's certain movies that come out and for some reason as i'm saying this what's coming to mind and it's so not similar but maybe it is in some ways is little miss sunshine it's like Ooh. a movie that comes out that is just ugh oh this is great this is a great little movie like yes. i think it's a movie that i describe as a great little movie and that's not to like minimize the movie but more of just i it's little in that it is a it's a smaller scope. You know, it's not. I think with Minari, you know, it's so much. Uh, th- there isn't like this huge plot. There aren't these like you know. There's a huge moment towards the end with the fire, but like it's really this kind of quieter story of this family. And um, Little Miss Sunshine is certainly a louder movie, but at the end of the day, it's a movie about this family, about this quirky little family, um, about this very in some ways like oh i know these people you know i think of tony mm-hmm. collette chewing the 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 ice pop the like oh yes. right and then i think of in minari i think of them you know drinking mountain dew and calling it mountain water and i just i i think in that respect it just i guess i find both movies similarly endearing um 
And I think they also have a similar color palette. I feel like there's a there's sort of like a yellow hue to a lot of like it's the sort of like yeah mountain dew colors. color yeah yes, the reds yeah. and yellows the tina yeah. of it all you know right right <laughs> so there's like a similar color palette. Um, it's I I really enjoyed this. You know that I watched it once and then I you know kind of watched parts of it again before recording. And my first watch, but I was like, oh, that was great. That was a great solid. You know story and then watching it again it was like oh this is the kind of movie when you revisit there's all these little like things it's kind of like because it's a quieter movie when you watch it again then you pick up on some of the louder notes you know what i mean yes absolutely i i think when i went into this movie because like when you see the the trailer like again with those colors it's just like there's so much sunlight pouring in Mm -hmm. and like everyone has like very specific like almost monochromatic like costume pieces um mm-hmm. but they're all just like beautifully like tailored it's just very visually appealing and it is like this quiet movie um and it's and you know you watch the trailer like minari is the american story and uh the you know the american dream come to life and it, it is in so many ways too i was expecting First of all, I, I want to say that I liked it before I say this, too. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted or was expecting some sort of, like, pursuit of happiness level ending where, like, he gets the job or, like, mm-hmm. or, or like something, you know, like, the, the farm is thriving and we're just so happy because he works so hard and sacrificed so much. And we don't get that. And at first I was like, meh. I was, like, <laughs> whiny about man, it. Nari. it. Yeah, <laughs> men. <laughs> Because it ended and Keon and I were like, okay, but we didn't dislike it at all. So we had like a 40 minute conversation about it afterwards. And I, I was like, well, this is something like we're, we're, it makes you think and sort of speculate uh, what happens afterwards or, or where we leave this family and what is to become of them. Because it's not laid out in black and white, which is like smart. It's, it is, it goes against the grain of, you know, what. Um, you know, we're used to seeing, we're used to just seeing like person, or in this case, a family, they go through a whole bunch of turmoil and then it gets better at the end. And then you, you kind of just like leave them, um, on a high note, I guess. And you left this on a, I wouldn't even say a low note, like a medium note, if that makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. It's not like, yeah. exactly. It's not like they're, you know, we see them thriving in the end. And maybe that's why I'm thinking of Little Miss Sunshine as well. It's yes. like, well, she doesn't win the pageant, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's, perfect. Yes. It's kind of like, it's like, well, I guess I, not that I should have expected things to not work out in Minari, but Little Miss Sunshine, I'm like, well, yeah, of course she wasn't going to win the pageant. But there's a larger sort of win that happens in terms of, you know, bringing that family together and kind of having, uh, you know, there's some sort of bonding. There's some sort of growth that happens. And I think that that felt like, where we landed with Minari was like, you know, they finally get like a, a, a small sample of a taste of success and then everything, you know, obviously literally burns down and you just kind of get the idea of like, okay, well we have no choice but to start over, you know? And, uh, and I guess the idea that the Minari that, that grandma had planted is in some way, uh, I mean, it's obviously like incredibly symbolic. Yeah. Oh, there's so much to like, mine within the Minari and like what that represents it's like Mm -hmm. it's like she didn't even try or like put any effort into growing Minari she's just like yeah I think this will work and it grows Mm -hmm. and then you know 
Stephen Yun's character is just like breaking his back day after day, sacrificing, you know, his relationship with his wife and his kids to make this work. And it just, and it ended up not working anyway, even though it did like, mm-hmm. there was like, a, just like a, a fleeting moment of success. And and we'll get to that rooftop scene between the two of them. Because oh, yeah. Yeri Han as Monica she is. I mean, I, that was Why my first Why are we thought. not talking about her? I Seriously. I uh. I have so much to say. So much to say about her, too. But um, I really love... Well, no, I'll save it for that conversation because I'll just go into it now and I, I want to save it. But um, some really, really great performances. My goodness. Alan S. Kim as little David. I can't with him. He's so yeah. cute. Ugh. He is the rare child actor where I'm like, I'm on board for this. And maybe there's, I keep going back to Little Miss Sunshine, but I guess there's that too of like, there's great (gasps) child acting. You know, now as I'm saying it, there's a great mom character. There's a great grandparent character. There's good child acting. It's (laughs) (laughs) a moody older sibling. A moody older sibling. Totally. Little Miss Minari. Like this is, I. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the yellow van and the station wagon are are similarly iconic. I, that's yeah. None of this occurred to me until everything until right now, as I'm saying. Yeah, it. So this what may a not great hold revelation. water. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh goodness. You know, where I'd I'd love to start first is were you? Because I mean, I feel like in terms of people in this movie who we may have seen before. Um, I feel like Stephen Yun is probably the most familiar to at least American audiences. Had you, because I think he was in The Walking Dead, wasn't yes. that? Yeah, wasn't that a, a thing you you've? <laughs> wasn't watched? that some little TV show you watched? Is that something you watch, kids? <laughs> you do, <Okay>. you do. <laughs> um, yes, I was a hardcore um, Walking Dead fan for probably like the first three or four seasons, and I, I know they're well beyond that at this point too. But Glenn was always just like. Um, I'd say, and at least in those earlier seasons, kind of like the equivalent of like a gym. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't uh-huh. like he wasn't as heartthrobby as he is now. I guess like mm. I was just so into him during this movie, and I'm so happy to see him. <laughs> I was just like I I have to just like take a moment. Um, yeah, Stephen Yum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. The mustache. It's the stash. I don't know what it yeah. is about it. I it takes it to a new level, and I just love like his clothing. Um, yeah, he is yummy. But um, beyond that too, like in the later seasons, like you get to see him grow like as an actor, and just he's always always enjoyable to watch, and like was really one of the leading. He like evolved into a leading man, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You saw him as like a supporting character that was like just. A smidge doofy, but n- mm-hmm. by no means like incapable of like surviving in The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? But um, you got to see the revolution of uh, Glenn. Uh, but I, I really liked him in this movie. I think it's um, much like Nomadland, a very quiet performance. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, speaking, Francis is who I'm talking about in that too. Yeah. Um, you know, did anyone really go to a 27 in this movie? No, I don't think so. Um, Emotionally, yes, but like, you know, physically and screaming and throwing shit, there were like little peaks and valleys. Um, There was like one fight where like the two of them, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. slamming his hand Mm -hmm. on the table, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
also i i myself just have to like i have to get used to the idea that like just because someone screams doesn't mean it's good acting <laughs> you know what i mean right i, I think right. That there's there is so much beyond that spectrum of you know like oh yeah she screamed and she cried oscar and most of the time right. that is what it is and it is great and i can think of you know so many examples but looking on the other side of it as just um the sacrifice he has to make as a father and as a husband and for his like quote unquote American dream is very interesting to watch. Was this like the best performance of the year? I, it's like, it's, it's good. I am so glad he's nominated. I think that there have been, you know, for his nomination this year, there have been like 1200 other like basic white men who have been nominated for male, like best actor. So like I am, more than happy with him being included in the company this year. Um, and especially representing this movie. Uh, what yeah. did you think of him? I thought he was great. I, you know, I think that it, yeah, it was a very, other than sort of that one fight scene with Monica, you know, sort of an act one of the movie, it was a, a fairly like level performance. And like, there's, it's almost like, okay, this is a, you know, this is good, you know, and it's kind of like, I, I'm of course, always looking, looking at everything through the Oscar eyes of like, oh, when, when did he win it? When did he get the nomination? You know, because it's like that basic idea of like, well, if he's not crying or yelling, you know, I don't know where, why he get an you know, Oscar. But yes. uh, I think, you know, and, you know, not to, of course, jump to that scene as well, but like that confrontation in the parking lot with Monica when she says like, you know, I don't believe in you anymore. And we get like just this, like long shot of him like starting to cry and trying oh, not yes. to cry and yes. i was like well there it is like yeah. it was like steven yun please meet olivia coleman like you two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you two are so good at this <laughs> oh yes yes and that so scene, like that scene yeah and you know in general it was like i was you know i was cheering for him as a protagonist i wanted him to be successful i um, I mean, I think that's certainly the feeling throughout this movie is like, yeah, oh, I just want you guys to figure it out. Like, I want this to work out for you. I don't you know, I want you to not have to, like, do all the chicken sexing. Ugh. oh, the chicken, the chicken part was hard. I was like, oh, no, what what, what do you mean? The boy chickens? What do you do? What? Yeah, I mean, nothing is shown, but no. there is talk of what they do. And, you know. There's a smokestack involved of what they do with the male chickens. And so there's a little bit of a trigger warning for anyone who loves animals. But, um, yeah, that's a lot. Um, yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah. yeah, but I feel also in the movie, I was talking to Keon about this, too, that he sort of, I guess it's supposed to be like, I don't know, I guess it's representative of like his his involvement with the family, too. He kind of disappears towards the end of the movie just a little bit. Like, it, really, all his mm. big scenes are, like, near the front. And mm -hmm. besides maybe the rooftop scene, everything else is... He's, like, he's on the farm. He is not really, like, involved with the family, which is really, really good directing. Because, like, none of... Or really good writing at the end of the day, too. Because his distance is shown by not being with the family, by being with the farm. And Paul... We'll talk about Paul. Yeah. Um, but I, but you kind of miss him at the same time. Like I kind of did want him, but I understand what they were going for. Um, and then mm -hmm. of course, like the rooftop scene happens and then like the fire happens and that's like the big, you know, uh, that's like pretty much his screen time, like in right. a nutshell. Yeah, I would say that that's interesting. It's like towards the beginning, it feels very much like Jacob's story. And then as it gets on, 
it's like, yes. oh, this is actually a little bit more Monica's story. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like when you realize at the end of Hamilton that it was, it's really all Eliza's <gasps> yes. story. Oh, Colin. Oh, uh, so good. <laughs> you know? And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is actually like Monica's story. And I love that because, yes, Monica is, oh, she's, uh, Yeri Han is so fucking good in this. She's so good. Like, mm-hmm. I agree. Like, why are we not talking about her in the same way? I, it was, she's such a great mom. Like, I think that yes. was one of the things I really loved. It's just like, I, you know, I, I could watch someone be a mom on a, in a movie all day. You know, I love the dynamics of being a mom and playing a mom, you know? Uh, and I think that she was, she was just like, so it was so interesting. It was like, she just, I don't know. I, I think my, I love that scene when she started crying over the anchovies, you know, I was just like, yes. oh. like, and, and, and yet it's like, you know, there's moments like that, but then, you know, there's also, I don't know, just seeing how she interacts with David and Anne, like the relationship she has with them. And, um, there's that fabulous scene towards the end after the grandmother has the stroke where she's sitting in the hallway with Anne talking. Oh, and she's like, I loved that. Uh, Cause you know, it's like in some ways it's so funny. I feel like Monica and Anne are both like really interesting narratives that are explored just a little bit less than mm-hmm. Jacob and David. But it's like, you know, cause like David obviously as the, you know, he, he's getting so much of the focus, you know, as you know, sort of the, the, the quirky little son. But yeah. I think like, Anne as well as like the little sister who's having to grow up too fast is just as interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Monica in many ways has like the hardest job as the mom, like as an actress and like for like the, just the role in the movie too. It's like, she is really keeping the family together. Yeah. Uh, Because in any sort of situation like this, like just a stereotypical sort of gender role situation, the father would be, you know, hard at work, taking care of the family, the mom takes care, you know, it, if we're looking at it through that lens of just like how it would normally go and like, mm-hmm. he's, I guess, but they're still working at like, you know, they're still looking at chicken butts all day long, but they're also right. like, but like the other half of that is um, Jacob just like being out in the farm and not being like in the house. He might come in to like eat dinner and that's pretty much it. So like she has to she has to deal with her own emotions. She has to deal with her own unhappiness, the, like the sacrifices of her own mm-hmm. dreams, if you want to call it too. Like that's not even discussed. It's all about Jacob. I just think there's, it's such a fascinating character and so much, so many tiny little face journeys within that and her just doing it, I want to say like without complaint at the same time too. It's mm-hmm. like she she does get they do get into like some fights, but at the same time like especially once, you know, grandma comes over, it like the dynamic changes a little bit too and a, a little bit of that burden is taken off her shoulders, but um I just like I love this performance. And would you say it's a lead role? Uh, yes, I like, where would you know, we it's... put her? It's kind of like, you know, the aforementioned Olivia Coleman and The Father, where it's like, is this a lead? Is this supporting? Is it like it's a uh, – I would I would ultimately say I think it's a lead performance. I would put it in lead, even though, like, if we broke down screen time, there's probably supporting performances that have similar screen time. You know, like, it's, it's, it's sort of a weird middle place. I never felt like yeah. I wasn't getting enough of Monica, you know? Um, yes. And it's, yeah, because I, I think to your point, like, she is, he's there to kind of make this land a farm, and she's there to make this house a home, you know, this house on wheels. And 
Um, <clears throat> so really, like this, I, this story of this family, only half of it is really about like Jacob kind of building the, creating this farm and creating this life for them. But it's like you think about when they arrive in the beginning, and it's just this trailer in the middle of nowhere. You know, and it's just yes. like it's like it's just as impressive that she made that a home, you know. Um, yeah. So I yeah, I really in, enjoyed her performance. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I, I want there to be more buzz around her as well. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, it is kind of too late. But I love that one that we're talking about it and hopefully others agree too. But like, I hope that there's more for her in the future or at least that conversation of like yeah minari was was great but so was yeti han like it's Mm -hmm. it's crazy that we're not like if i have that conversation with someone and they mention yeti han i'll be like okay you're you're my kind of people because you're seeing what everyone else should have been seeing and maybe star power you know what i mean like steven yun like maybe that also fueled his nomination as well too because he's a film like he's probably the most familiar face within like american hollywood uh, you know, that sort of uh, world, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, oh my goodness, I I just think that even there's, I just love how all of this was directed. Like the fact that she, when they get to the house, like you first think that you're not going to like her at the very right. beginning because she's right. very like, but she's just so upset too. Like she's like, this is not what you promised me. Or like, because mm-hmm. the great thing about this is that this this story starts... We don't know how long they've been in America when this story starts. All we know is that they came from California to Arkansas. Right. Arkansas? Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah. 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 So that's interesting enough because they have roots. And they're mm-hmm. even if they're like, you know, not really deep roots in the States, they had them. And now they're giving that up to kind of start over again. Really yeah, against yeah. her own, I, I feel like there just wasn't a conversation. It was just Jacob like, we have to do this. I, ha- You know, I have a good feeling about this. And it's... In a way, sort of, I mean, it's a huge risk and kind of irresponsible because, like, the family and uh, all this other stuff, too. It's just, like, I, I want I want more for Monica. I just want her to be happy. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, like, you know, you think about what, however long they were in California, it sounds like they, you know, I I think what it was, you know, they when they moved from Korea, they moved to California. They got these jobs, you know, it, looking at chicken butts all day and like maybe had enough to kind of, you know, to survive, you know, like had enough Mm -hmm. to live in California, had, you know, some modest home, whatever. Like it was just kind of like, okay, we're here. We got here, but like there's nowhere to go from here, you know? And so I think it was like, this was, um, there was, there was an opportunity here to like, oh, we can actually, um, you know, elevate to the point where we're not just looking at chicken butts all day, where we're, we're producing our own produce and we're producing our own income and like, you know, pursuing the American dream, so to speak. And I think that, um, and it's like, it's not like we haven't seen people pursuing the American dream in movies before, but I think what excited me the most was seeing how Monica made this work. Yeah. And seeing what, you know, I, their 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 relationship, their marriage, I guess, to be more specific, is so. Everything is told through like, the way that they take up space in a room, or even like um, that scene where he's like, "You're so much." It's like such an annoying line where he's like, "You're so much prettier when you're happy," mm. um, and I would I would just be like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> you right, know what I mean? I'd be right. so, 
I'm like, you did this to me. Um, right. But like, and the way that he goes in to like kiss her after that, like it's so beautifully choreographed. It's mm-hmm. like they haven't touched each other in a while. And that's all yeah. that like needs to be said. Not, yeah. I, I say needs to be said, but it's not said. Like, I think that's some really good directing. I think like the, what we're not like... I mean, really good writing is about like what we're not like. What are they not saying, really? Mm-hmm. Um, right, so right. I I think that there's so there's that and and just she is actively trying to save the marriage, even though she is like I'm sure in many ways she wants to run, but I mm-hmm. also feel that there is a little bit of love left, you know? Right. I, but I, and I, it's just so complicated because there's so many different levels of. Um, or different layers of love, you know, it's, and I feel like being a Korean family too, there's a lot of expectation to stay together in any culture too. Like divorce is still like severely frowned upon. Um, right. And it's and like it, sustain, like, and can't yeah. like, if she were divorce him, what would she do? You know, yes. it's like, um, you know, especially being in the States and not having like, uh, her, you know, her English not being super strong yet. It's like, well, where would she go? What would she do? And I know she's talking about going back to California, but I think it's like, is that even possible? Is the money there to go back to California? Like, what would you start over with? And I think by the end, I think her pitching in to try to save the produce and try to save what they could from the farm, I felt like that was the biggest expression of love for Monica. Yes. was like, okay, like I... W- and then I think then him... Like, that scene was so fabulous because, yes, it was about, oh, God, the farm is burning. We got to save the, we got to save our crops, but, or save the produce. But um, it was, I feel like they both kind of pledged allegiance to each other in that moment where she dove in to help him and then he abandoned it to save her, you know? And I think that was what brought them together in the end was like, okay, I, I'm here for you. You're here for me. And like the biggest way and like in the ways they needed each other, the entire movie, you know? Yeah. To go even further with this, I just love this conversation is like this whole movie is not about what's on the surface. It's like Mm -hmm. far. It's like to kind of make like a sort of farm plant reference. It's about the roots and like what, what, what is going on underneath. And Although, like, if their marriage was just, like, a plant of some sort, it might be, you know, it might look like it needs some watering, but the roots mm-hmm. are still there, and they have been there the whole time, too. So to see that, I love that uh, sort of analysis of that last scene. And I love these other little scenes where um, she's practicing looking at chicken butts. I wish there was, like, another oh, yeah. phrase for it. On, right. the, on the living room floor, like, in front of Jacob. And really, Mm -hmm. that's almost like this act of defiance in a way, too, because like for me, I'd be like, why are you trying to get faster at this? You know what I mean? Like, she is slow at it, but also that's a motivation. Like, that's her motivation to get back to California, because if you remember, she wasn't fast enough in California. Jacob was. Oh, that's a good point. That's interesting. So it's Mm -hmm. sort of like this, like, well, here is my very subtle way of saying, like, I'm sick of this shit and I need to get better so I can move back to California. And then he helps mm-hmm. her and even her helping her, like it's an act of like caring, but it's also like if that's her end goal, he's like helping her get back to California by making her faster. And then you see that little scene. It's just like a 30 second clip of her, like, you know, finishing her crate quickly and mm-hmm. she's getting better and you see that. So there's the possibility of her leaving. Maybe. Right. Who knows? Right. 
And that's so interesting that like, yeah, her, you know, her escape from this is through chicken butts. Like, it's just like, no, that's really all she can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's a good point is like, yeah, she's in some ways, like, it's as if she's saving money as if she's like, you know, putting money away in a piggy bank. Yes, she's, yes, yes. you know, honing her skills to potentially leave. Um, and, and she, I think that of course, I think brings us to Yoo Jung Yoon and to grandma. Um, yes. because I think grandma coming, I think the character's name is Sunja. I think when she yeah. comes to live with them, it, it gives, I think it gives a sort of, you know, talk about roots. So like, it, I think it gives more roots for Monica or, you know, kind of plants some friendly crops around Monica. And, uh, and that of course brings us to this this performance by Yoo Jung Yoon, who uh, is apparently the, you know, Meryl Streep of yes, South Korea. I did some research. Yeah. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, breakout star. It's like, she, I, don't, I don't not maybe here, but um, what did you think of, of her performance? I think this is like, without knowing what I knew about her, I would have been... I think the fact that she is sort of this legendary actress in South Korea, like a career that spanned over five decades. She's been in like 80 TV shows, 30 films, has won like like a very decorated actress. I think mm-hmm. it's like it's it's like if we sent Glenn Close over to South Korea. You know what I mean? It's it's right. like that sort of um, she already has the prestige, so it makes sense that she was nominated for this. I guess it just fuels that a little bit more too. Mm-hmm. Honestly, she could have won the Oscar for me in the very last scene, sitting at that table looking at the oh, family. Oh my! That is God. what I want. Oh, I want like a painting of that. Yep, <laughs> in oh, my, my bedroom. God. That mm-hmm. is, it was all worth it because you're kind of waiting to see. <clears throat> because she is like the definition of a sort of, um, I shouldn't say the definition, but like what we typically like to see is, you know, she has a great entrance. You know, she she brings vitality and, like, new life into this family dynamic that is sort of withering away. She's not your typical grandma. Mm-hmm. She watches wrestling. She, um, you know, drinks Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> she wears and, men's underwear. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I do love... And it's... it's At first, I was like, okay, I see... I see what you're doing here, and I do like it. And she made me laugh a lot, especially like all of her scenes with David. And then she mm-hmm. finally starts to come around and promises to be like a better grandma and to take care of the kids. And like just in time for her to unfortunately have a stroke. Her stroke acting, mwah, I mean, uh. yes. Like I was from there on, I was like, this, this is like the Oscar portion. Not that you have to like, again. You, it's not that you have to have a stroke or yell, but it is more, it just gives us something, it's a tonal shift with her character, like you're able to see what she can do, and I'm glad she got to play both sides of that, but just yeah. like her, like, walk, like when she did, because she is responsible for the fire, and the way that she just couldn't find the words on how to react, or how to like, Oh God, it is so devastating. But the the most devastating is her sitting at that kitchen table at the end. Oh, I was like, my... yes, yes. It was insane. Yeah, I was like, this is like that alone. That like three or four second shot, however long that lasted, I was like, that's it. That is like what what she's communicating in that moment is so powerful and mm-hmm. so. Oh, there was just so much there. It was like this. This Maria Bakalova is an Oscar-nominated performance. 
Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, I saw you. you. I saw you in Borat, and I didn't like it. And so I um, – but we'll talk about that in the after show. Um, we will. But, uh, yeah, I mean – Watching again, I was all you know. Kind of, I totally agree. There's a there's a really interesting tonal shift with her character and and you know how she factors into this movie. And I I loved Fun Grandma. I loved Kooky Fun Grandma. It, there was sort of a Cloris Leachman quality to her. Yes, I was gonna um, say who which American actress would play this? But there's yeah. so many. There are so many that I right. To see. Yeah, I mean, I could see you know in in ten fifteen years, I could see Frances McDormand doing something like oh, this. Oh yes, you know? yes. Um, but I that my first thought was Cloris Leachman was like, oh, this is the kind of like crazy kooky grandma that she would play. Um, but it's you know, I I loved that there was there was this narrative of like Sunja like learning how to be a grandmother and yes, you know, learn and I I think the more obvious narrative would be like David learning, you know, wisdom from his old grandma. And there, and there are those moments with the snake and the Minari, like there, there is all of that. But I think in a really like smart way, they show her learning how to be a grandmother. And I think um, like, I loved for I love the moments you know like when she's watching wrestling and you know David says like you're not a real grandma and the way that she navigates it is how is how a grandma would where she's kind of like oh yeah <laughs> why is that why why am I like that like she's kind of not shaken by it but she's willing to have the conversation she's like really oh I don't do that oh come on oh give me a hug like she's she's so yes I love that she's never hurt by David or she's never upset by by his like saying i don't like grandma but then i also appreciate at the same time that she i i think she does genuinely start to take his feedback of like okay like i'm gonna be a better grandma i'm gonna be there for you like you're not being spiteful you're reacting to like a lack of you know a lack of love you know or a lack of support like you need someone it's like you need me to be your grandma right now like she kind of recognizes her responsibility in this family you know yeah, I think in many ways, too, since David is such like a smart cookie that like that she can sense that and she knows that there isn't much work to be done. Yeah, he's still a kid at the end of the day, too. But like, I feel like he's already done so much growing up. Um, mm-hmm. So when they're together, it's like I feel like there's like a kid's book when I used to work at Barnes and Noble. It was like who's babysitting who. And it was like a story of like a grandfather and a, a child who's probably around David's age. But like they're both sort of, you know, at the same level of uh sort of like how what they can do or what they can't do that they just kind of take care of themselves like they both take care of the other person mm-hmm. and and they kind of fulfill those needs and in a way I think there's like a hint of that here as well it's like David has to remind her like no this is what you need to do but she also reminds him that like not all grandmas are the same too and she gets there I think she mm-hmm. finds her own way of what that means because she's not even met David I mean she met um the older daughter, like probably when she was really young and right. it's, it's new for her too. And that's, that's an interesting dynamic. Like what you were saying, she's, she's learning how to be a grandmother and a grandmother in America. Right. Right. Yeah. I think there's also that too. Like there is that, that idea of like, Oh, is, is David more of an American kid or a Korean kid? Is he okay with sharing a room with his grandma? You know? Yeah. Um, I do. I love the, the moment where like, there's the scene where he, the, the, 
drawer drops and he hurts his leg and then Anne goes to school and grandma and David spend the day together and um, oh, I feel yes. like that was a real little turning point where she she does a classic grandma thing she you know I feel like she uh, you know she fixes him up and she's like uh, you know you're a strong boy has anyone told you that like you're you're a strong boy David and then they go for a walk and there's that whole thing about like oh well, we could run if you want we're practically running why don't we let's try running to that tree and oh and David has that sweet little moment of like putting his hand to his chest he's like oh I don't think I can <sighs> and the the more <laughs> boring narrative would be for her to be like, oh, no, come on, you can do it. And they, like, force that moment. But instead, she's like, okay, no, it's okay. We can go slowly. No big deal. Like, I love that she recognizes, okay, I'm not going to push it. And, like, we'll go at your pace. And I, I just felt like that was such a turning point for them. Uh, and particularly for her um, to kind of, I don't know, it, it, it just felt like a moment without having, like, a big like underline on it of like this is a moment for grandma and david it just we just kind of we see them evolve together and we see their relationship evolve together and i think that because of that we kind of earn the ending when he does finally run for her oh the running at the end mm. i was just a mess i just like uh. could because you know how it's just like for a little kid not to be able to run. And it's 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 like in the first scene when they get to the house, when they're like, David, don't run. David, don't run. And I was like, are they just mm-hmm. being like strict or right. what's going on here? And then we learn very early on that David has a heart murmur, which is, um, you know, it's it's I almost said like a burden. But like it, it like for someone in like a new country and someone like for, you know, that's doesn't have a lot of money to, you know, to really kind of take care of their children that could easily, you know, those bills rack up so quickly. And I'm just like, I, it's like the last thing they need, I suppose. Um, Right. So I was, one thing I really appreciated about this movie is that you're kind of expecting, granted, yes, the fire is probably the worst thing that could happen to them, but they're like, okay, like nothing, you know, people weren't picking on them. Like people are weird. Like the kids didn't really know how to act around you know, the kids, other kids, you know, at that, at the church and stuff like that. But right. nothing really, I didn't need to feel worse for them than I already, you know, I was just kind of nervous that something else was going to happen is what I'm trying to say. I, I, the, same, the, the whole time I was like, oh man, the last scene of this movie, Dave, is going to be dead. I can feel, this is going to be like Little Women when oh, Beth dies I would or never recoup. I would yeah. never recover from that. I, would. I was like, please don't let that happen, you know? Uh, yes. Part of, I think... Because, yeah, that last scene when he does, you know, run for her, part of what just, like, also got me about that scene and really about a lot of other parts of this movie is the music. I, oh, it's I don't know. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, it's just, it like, there's, like, this direct connection between, like, that music and, like, my tear ducts. Like, it's just, there's just, like, this, it, it's so beautiful and just... Like that scene when he's running and like that part of the score playing, it's it's just like this very like repetitive kind of like echoey, ethereal yes, kind of part of the yes, soundtrack. Yes. And it's just, oh, like immediately I just get choked up. And I mean that that scene, that scene of him running after her, that scene of her just walking away, like she doesn't even know where she's going. She's like, I yeah. just I just gotta go, you know? Yeah, I I mean the David running scene, it's 
I will remember that. I will remember her sitting at the table. Those are like a few of the scenes and just images that I will take with me from this movie. This is like a sharp left turn, but would you mm-hmm. like to talk about Paul for just a second? He's kind of like maybe the Steve Carell character. In oh, Sunshine, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right? Like the eccentric who ends up having kind of like, oh, there's a heart in there. Like there's a weird yes. brain, but a great heart. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Paul played by Will Patton. Um in in a role that at first I was like, it was almost like Will Patton in this and Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy are kind of giving me similar vibes. You know what I mean? It's like a very, there's a lot of kind of drag to play these characters, you know? Um, yes. and, and they're very steeped in, in a certain like type of person that could almost feel over the top. But as it went on, like... Uh, he grew on me. Like there are points where I was like, is this too much? Like, is this, is this a little over the top? But I, I also feel like people like Paul absolutely exist. Yeah. I, my take on him, I think he's a good actor too. I, I, he is, I knew I remembered him from something because he is that guy from a lot mm-hmm. of things. He played one of the coaches in Remember the Titans. He's like the the original sort of. <laughs> I know not a reference the, I would have waited. For I you know, to make. but that's that's who he was to me, and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's Coach. His name is Coach Bill Toast. T O A S T. Oh, of um, course. Anyway, but he, I would have rather much wanted him to kind of be more reserved. I'd rather him be more mm-hmm. quiet and, because like there's like the you know he's very. Um, eager to sort of like spread the word of the Lord. And he is like a man of the cloth. Um, well, so to speak, I guess. But like he's, I I was also very nervous about him because he talks about how he was mm-hmm. in Korea. I was like, oh my gosh, is this guy going to like, is he going to be okay? Like, is he going to behave yeah. himself? Is he going to burn the, like the, it's like, this it's sort of like this red herring, but he ends up being, you know, sort of Jacob's partner throughout it all too and is really helping him and I think that was actually the connective tissue between both of them that like really helped him one get hired and two sort of understand Jacob at the same time um but he is like homeless I feel like he's he he does like because all the kids like say or Mm -hmm. he like he has like a dirt floor or something like that and right he's kind of just content being who he is but I I feel that like the second you know, second half of the movie is where I, I liked that Paul better than the first half when he's just quietly eating dinner with them, mm-hmm. still really keeping his faith um, at yeah. the forefront, but didn't, I, I don't know. What do you, am I, am I making no, sense? Yeah, totally. I, I feel like what the movie also accomplished was it didn't play too much into like weird culture clash stereotypes like yeah. we i feel like they there wasn't like oh you know like there wasn't like oh keep that kimchi n- nearby like oh it's making me sweat like that was the most that we saw of like yes. you know white guy embracing korean culture kind of yeah, thing yeah 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 i'm looking at his imdb and remember the titans did you say his last name was toast maybe it auto-corrected what I was think it, it did it's it... yo it's with a y it's yoast <laughs> i was it like definitely auto-corrected then toast. even as i read it i was like all right, I'm just going to go with it. All right, Bill <laughs> Toast. Toast. <laughs> yeah, Coach Toast. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about, because this leads into like really the, you know, the final act of everything is, is when Jacob and everyone, they go to the city and they are in the city for um, David's hospital appointment, but they're also in the city uh, to for Jacob to make a sale, to hopefully connect with a Korean sort of 
produce store and, um, you know, make the deal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it's so beautifully done because I forgot that that's what they, it, it, they don't even, they know that like an appointment's coming up, like we know maybe, mm-hmm. but we, but we are too focused on Jacob trying to make that sale because we're rooting for him that we all also forget that that's why they're there. Um, right. So he makes the sale and I just love the idea of like, there's such joy uh, but it's like quiet joy. It's the quietest joy that's ever you know lived. It's just mm-hmm. like a handshake, and the deal is made. I'm like, oh, that's it. He he got it right. And right. It's like Keanu and I right. like looked at each other. But with that came so much um, sadness, I guess, from Monica too, because like that conversation that they had before all that started it was the two of them sitting in the hallway. That was another great scene. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where basically he is. She's saying, look, I can't do this without you, and I, I, I want to stay. I want to be with you. I don't want to leave. And he basically says, you should probably go. Like, take the kids and go because I – or like, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe she's trying to convince him to go back to California, but he just says, like, if you need to go, take the kids and go, but I can't give up on this dream that I have. I have to finish right. it. Yeah, you know, and it was interesting, like, all of this – there. There was a part of me that was thinking, you know, he's not he's not doing all of this selfishly. Like he's doing all of this to support them. Like he's yeah. doing all of this so that if David does need surgery, they can afford it and and so that they can not have to work, you know, chicken sexting and they can, you know, have a, like a real life in America. And I I thought, you know, yeah, yes, this is taking him away from the day-to-day with the family but i thought it's it's all for them as well and i I, so there was a part of me that like i understood monica's pain and i understood her struggle of like you know you you pick the farm over the family but the farm is for the family you know um and so it's it it, it's an interesting moment where it's like i understand and maybe this is the point of it is like i understood both sides like i under like and it wasn't that clear cut it was not like he was, you know, just immersing himself in his career and ignoring his family. Um, but she's not wrong to be like, I, you know, I need you to, like, I, I can't face, you know, David, taking David to the, you know, the heart doctor myself. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, so it was it was an interesting moment where, yeah, I, uh, normally I would always side with the Monica in this conversation. But sure. there was a part of it that was like, I I think I get, I understand what Jacob's trying to do. Like he's, and, and it all, I think what also like stuck with me was like, he just finally, like, if we're going to use the farming metaphor, like something is finally starting to sprout. Like, it, yes, yeah. I understand that we're like, you know, through the dry period, I could totally get the frustration, but he just finally made a business connection. And this, all he had to do was just replicate this, you know? And I thought it seemed like a weird time to kind of like lose her faith in Jacob, you know? Yeah, I think she probably had just had enough of it. Like, it just mounted at that moment, too. It reminds me, uh, maybe not a a great comparison, but in The Devil Wears Prada, where Stanley Tucci tells Anne Hathaway, he's like, you know, just wait until your life is completely falling apart, then it's time for a promotion. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. like at at the pinnacle of this sort of storm 
of their marriage and like trying to keep it together and her just like, I can't, but she doesn't say I can't do this anymore. Does she like she, I mean, I think what it all sort of knitted out to is when they're on the roof and she says like, I've lost my faith in you. you yeah. Know? Like, I mean, I, let's, let's cut to that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I think it really comes down to like, you know, even though she's kind of seeing it start to happen, it's like, I just don't, because I guess I could see that too, right? Is okay, you made one sale, you know, you, you like, do I really think that this is going to be enough, you know? I think what I, what I also found really interesting about this scene was that he didn't fight with her. Like, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, if, if this, if you can't continue to go on this journey with me, that's okay. I get it. Because I think for him, it's like, he can't go back. He, ha- he is too deep into this. He has gone too far with this dream, with this, with yeah. this, you know, ambition and, and, it's just now starting to happen. Like, I think if they had this conversation when they ran out of water and, you know, things were looking really grim, I'd be like, all right, Monica, I hear you. I'm with you. You know, like, I think this is a good time to, you know, go back to California. Yeah. I think that like a lot of it is like, it's like trust the process sort of situation. And she's been trusting it or trying to trust it for Mm -hmm. so long that Mm -hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing left. Uh, She's sort of running on fumes. And like the fact that, it mounted with David's doctor appointment, which was, uh, I was just so relieved once I knew that like the heart murmur was sort of, the hole was sort of getting smaller. And I loved mm-hmm. when Anne leaned over and she said, good job. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Anne. Anne. I, Anne. Anne is like, to, to rewatch Minari is to keep an eye on Anne because she is yes. a really fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else about the rooftop too. I mean, Talk about like the perfect single tear, my lord. It's like oh. her right eye is just welling up the whole time, and it's. I mean, it's and it's it's talking through tears at its finest. It's like talking through quiet tears. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Not, it is not a twenty-seven. It is like because they're on the they're yeah. like in public, and the kids are like in the car, maybe like twenty feet away, and then like mm-hmm. they're interrupted by the guy that was like, "Oh, you're still here." Like I love that he interrupted like that yep. because. It's just like the conversation was over and they, what do you say after that? Like, okay, we're going both ways. Now we have to get in the car and like try to pretend things are cool. But it kind right. of snapped them out of it, I guess, so to speak. Um, yeah. And she is, I mean, uh, she Monica, like all of her emotional scenes in the movie, like I, I think about when, um, when Sunja first arrives at the house and when she hugs her, like it's such like that I could feel that hug. And it was just, she was like holding her mother and like just patting her hand against her mother and not letting go. And, uh, and I feel like it's little moments like that. Or then in the next scene, when Monica and Sunja are unpacking and she starts to cry over the anchovies and, um, and even when David comes in and, you know, the trying to give him the chestnut, like she's even wiping away some tears then, you know, it's like, Monica's emotions are it is interesting how she plays you know crying throughout this movie and it is a great example of like you don't have to be at a 27 you don't have to be like you know getting choked through the tears like it's in some ways seeing someone kind of play the emotions more subtly is more powerful and I think that scene on the rooftop um both Steven Yun and uh Yeri Han uh I feel like they both it was more powerful because they were both trying to not cry in that moment, you know? Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's sort of like a, you know, be the Anna Devere Smith in the corner if you can. Oh. But it's like, it's bringing her out of the corner and putting her in the spotlight. Yes. <laughs> That's what we want. Uh, be the Anna Devere Smith in Rachel getting married. Ugh. Ugh. Yes, Don't even get me started. In the corner. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I I just so I want to talk just very very briefly about the ending. I I think there's so many different ways, like we said before, that this story go. What is where are where is this family now? And in the last scene, as Jacob and David are picking Minari, what? How far in the future is it? Is it a week later? Is it a couple years later? What That's a think? great question because I think what I would also what I would, how I would I would answer that question with a question is, and has the grandmother passed away at this point? Yes, I, I just there's just this sense of the way that Jacob says grandma picked a good spot that feels like she's passed away but it could Um, be in the present she could just be at home too like totally that there's so much it could go either way that's really good writing she could be at home watching wrestling drinking mountain dew yeah like it's um so the feeling that i got was like some you know some time had passed at least a few weeks whatever they they finally went through with you know the guy with the divining rod to find the water and um we're really just kind of you know starting over and uh i don't know i it, it's it that's a great question of how far in the future are we um i don't know that's a, i don't that's a that's i mean i feel like i would say we're at least like two weeks bare minimum two weeks but we could be two months in the future in that in that last scene yeah i think so too um here's something that's really crazy colin like I just find that this is like my conspiracy theory. I don't know if you want to call it that, but just like to really go in the opposite direction too. It's like, has Monica and Anne, have they left? And is it just David and Jacob? Because the only reason I say that is because I feel like if you're, if you're a good writer, which I feel that this, (laughs) this is a great screenplay. I think that, that scene where they're both brushing their teeth, it's David and Anne, and they're saying, like, would you want to live with mom or would you want to live with dad? And David's like, I don't know. And they say me either. It's like, is that, like, the subtlest sort of foreshadowing, subtlest, that's a great word, um, <laughs> um, of maybe that once grandma passes away, you know, uh, Monica's like, all right, I'm, I'm also done here. And I don't know. Are, are they still together? And is it just Jacob and David and it, as, as Monica and Anne left? Just another right. sort of layer of that because it's showing just the two of them. Right, because we, we do see Monica in the scene when they find, when they're with the, the water guy. Like, she, Monica is there for that scene. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, it's just another, it's like Minari fan fiction. <laughs> Oh, right. Totally. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. Um, But it's just another. That's what Keanu and I were talking about afterwards, too. It's like there's so many different ways. Not so many different ways it could go, but um, so many different ways to speculate the family dynamic after everything happened and, you know, how far in the future this last scene is, too. But, um, yeah, food for thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly. But I, I, uh, I really enjoyed this. Now the question of course remains as we are best supporting podcasts and we queen out on best supporting actresses as, as we, um, wind our way into Oscar season and Yoo Jung Yoon is nominated. Uh, do, do you feel like, where does this, how does this affect your opinion on who you think should win the Oscar? Uh, I think, I think she's a strong contender. Mm -hmm. Am I more excited about, I was thinking about this last night too, because I watch YouTube videos. I listen to podcasts and 
Not a, I shouldn't say this. This is like generalizing, but not a lot of people are talking about Olivia Coleman. And that's mm-hmm. interesting to me. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just because the father is not really out in the world yet or, um, you know, she already won an Oscar a couple of years ago. But I, I feel that that's interesting to me. Um, I mean, your question is, how does it affect the race? Like, is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Like, yeah. do you think that, like, now having seen this performance, do you think that Yoo Jung Yoon is a, is a front runner? Is she who you want to see win? Um, yeah. You I would know, say, like, I would confidently say no, but if she won, I would be so thrilled. Mm-hmm. I would I would say, okay, yes, great. Mm-hmm. Because I, st- I just think it's the most confusing category this year. And I, I could say, but like, as far as like what I felt from her in this movie, like if we we're just talking about like the last 10 minutes of the movie, yes. But like, as far as the earlier stuff, I do, I, I will say she gets to do, like I said before, a lot of different things in this movie too. So it is like a well-rounded performance and I think she's fantastic and she is a legend. Um, so it all, it's like all the cards are there. They're like stacked up in her favor. So maybe, but for me, not my best actress, I'm supporting actress this year, I'd say. Okay. You know, it's funny as I'm thinking about it, it's like... But who is? I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, and like Yoo Jung Yoon and Minari and like Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy, there's also like, huh, okay, like uh, unconventional grandmas who watch wrestling and drink soda. Oh my you know? gosh, yes. Right? Yes. So like, there's like, oh, okay, that's one way to get nominated. Um, but I agree with you. I think that like, you know, I love Olivia. Of course I love Olivia and the father. I love Olivia in general. It's a phenomenal performance. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if she didn't win, that if she was just a nomination. I think Olivia is going to have a number of nominations in her career. I think it's just like, I'm not worried about it, you know? Uh, she'll have yeah. another shot. But I, um, the only, you know, the only performance remaining in the, in the category that I need to see is Amanda Seyfried in, in Mank. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can't make a full, uh, you know, declaration here. But I, I'm actually going to throw my hat in the ring for Yoo Jung Yoon. I, Great. Loved this performance. I love this character. I, that last shot was yes. I mean, it's just there. It, uh, that is the compilation of like those moments. Like I think of Yoo Jung Yoon at the end of this movie. I think of uh, you know the example I I will go back to for the rest of my life of Sandy Dennis at the top of the stairs and Who's yes. Afraid of Virginia Woolf. We there were similar moments you know with Olivia Coleman and the father of just like those kind of just. A, a brief face journey, like a, a face walk, you know, like not mm-hmm. a full journey, just like a little tour. Uh, any of those little moments where where you just get four or five seconds of somebody reacting or having a moment on their own uh, will always excite me. And I was I was thrilled to get one of those from her. Um, yeah, I uh, I I kind of. I think I want to. I think she's my vote now. I think she's my pick for best supporting actress. I would be wow. thrilled. Wow. Great. Yeah. I, I, as you're saying this too, it's like I feel that this is this might be a bold statement, but I feel like none of them are front runners, but they all have something unique and wonderful to offer to this like this year's like Oscar race. Like, if you mm-hmm. mash them all together, it would make the perfect perfect best supporting actress. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of Mank, and I'm like, oh gosh, like yes, I love your like just like your general energy in this movie i think like the confidence that she has in this character and then like olivia coleman's like shoulder acting and yu jung yung's mm. like 
um, you know, the kooky sort of like turns like grandma who had a stroke at the end and like that table scene. And there's so many different pieces. And even Glenn, like, I mean, it's the math test for me, but I also know mm-hmm. that everyone hates that performance except for me. <laughs> so right, I know. I, right. I, and then like, um, and then Maria, uh, I mean, we'll talk about Maria in the, the after show, but um I don't know if I ever, I don't, at this point, I still don't feel like I have a front runner, but I like a lot of these performances. And that sounds like a cop-out answer, but that's how, that's how I feel. I just don't, I just don't know, but I would be happy for any of them. Even Maria. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my, play us off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got my purse. I got my keys. I'm leaving. Yeah. To quote Amber Portwood, what? (laughs) What? 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 (laughs) Well, we will have to talk about that um, in our Best Supporting After Show this week, which, of course, will be out on Friday. Um, Any other thoughts on Minari before we do get played off? No. I I mean, a beautiful movie. Um, Everyone should go see it. I'd love to watch it again, to be honest. Like, just to... It is kind of like a warm hug at the same time, too. There is like a warmth about this movie and it's like simplicity and the storytelling and the performances like it's everything that I wanted it to be, even though it's everything I didn't expect it to be, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Minari. Minari. Well, we will see what happens. But uh, but in the meantime, uh, we are being played off because apparently you think Maria Bakalova should win Best Supporting Actress, and I just don't see any other reason to continue this conversation. <laughs> so why don't you tell people where they can find you, because uh, uh, this is it. <laughs> this is, this is, this is, this is, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, they can find me every Tuesday on the Good Vanilla Podcast, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, and they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick. How about you, Colin? Well, you can find me in a in a state of disarray, uh, but you can also find me on uh, my other podcasts, All Right, Mary, talking about Drag Race in the details, uh, at Celebration of Nuance, talking about, you know, uh, nuances. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting context or capacity at BSA pod on Twitter. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, folks, as usual, keep your peepers peeled because we have an after show coming out on Friday in which we will be getting more uh, disgusting details about Nick's uh, deep appreciation of Maria Bakalova in Borat. Uh, <laughs> A betrayal. like an Absolute other. betrayal. I am... Stunned. And, um, of course, our, our BSAs of the week. And uh, who knows what else? You'll have to tune in and find out. But yeah, um, look out. Look out. It's going to be... Uh, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> and that, as they say, is that. 